0: Hello, this is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. Excuse me, I want to make sure my mic's set up, pointing at me. I'm moving things around so we get the correct sound. I don't want it to be too loud or too low. I do appreciate all the listeners we've been having. Uh, I don't know exactly where they're coming from. I don't get the same demographic information they do before. I just get, whether it's from the United States or Ireland or Mexico, which are the three biggest ones, which is really interesting. I guess my, I have to bone up on my Spanish language skills. ¿Dónde está Casa de Pepe? No, that's, uh, I can do a little better than that. I just got to get my verbs down. I'm getting, I'm pretty good with the proper nouns and stuff like that, but... I'll work on it if you want. But I don't think this will ever become much of a Spanish language forecast. Well, here we are. Once again, we are here in the midst of the tropical storm season. There's a ton of stuff going on. I screwed up yesterday. The next storm is actually Gaston is in the middle of the Atlantic, uh, not bothering anybody. Much like a, I don't even know what to call that. You know, just just sitting there in the middle of the Atlantic. You know, got Fiona heading up towards going past Merida. It's heading towards Nova Scotia. Good luck, Canadians. Even though I don't have a lot of Canadians listed, I figured I'd have more Canadians than I would have Irish people. But I digress again. I'm talking about the hurricane. So I'm saying G was going to be the next one. It's actually H. And I think it's Ermine. if I'm not cor- uh, correct. Or mine is the next one. I could be wrong. Uh, And that... that, It's really interesting how you you see how people react. A couple days ago, there were certain people saying, oh, it's going to come towards us, it's going to come towards us. And you know, there's always... If you keep on saying it about every hurricane, you're eventually going to be right. And the person that was saying it is looking more right and more right. Because the... They got these forecast models for hurricanes, and I'm sure nowadays everyone knows about them. You got different computer models, and I guess they put in different information, and they tabulate it differently because some of them have it coming. We're actually inside the cone now. We're about a you know one third on one third the side of the cone. We're still not in dead center, and. It's interesting the the dynamics of how people travel. We're seeing less and less out of state tourists coming down here. You see some people that have vacation homes; they're probably coming down, coming down the button them up. We're gonna find out more tomorrow, and I guess Monday will be the day. But. Here I'm working, which works out pretty good for me because I work till Saturday and I'm off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And there are the days. They're the days for action. Because I think it's late Monday or early Tuesday. There could be an impact if it does make its way. And so we'll see what happens. Normally, like right... Before hurricane, people are busy. We're busy at night. I'm working the next two nights, today being Friday and Saturday. It's almost five years and it's five years and 12 days from Irma. And it'll be almost a little over two weeks, five years, two weeks if it strikes here. We're hoping it doesn't. I know when you have something like that, if it doesn't strike here, it's going to strike someplace else. And um, but it's just the way it is now, and they're saying that because of how fast it's moving. The faster it moves, the closer it bends north and east instead of north and west. So it's kind of a desperate dance, and uh, the two partners are: you got the hurricane, and you got the people on the receiving end. So. On their receiving end, here we always have these different procedures we do, like work. I, I was telling someone I had my spin class today, and there was a woman who moved down three years ago to the Keys area, and I mentioned to everyone. I said, "Hey, keep an eye on Monday. Uh, we'll see if we still have class, and if the hospital's closed, that usually means." The gym is closed, so it won't be class if they close that. Now, I don't think at at this point nothing nothing has happened. They don't usually close that early, but it is moving fast. It is a fast-moving system. So I'll be looking at that, and then we're going to be looking at whether we put up the shutters, right? If it gets to be a close call because of the activity in there, We'll we'll probably, I'll start putting on the shutters and leave a couple. I'll leave it so I only have to put up. It'll take me about a half hour to finish buttoning up the house. And uh, then there's a whole other thing. That's if we stay. There's the math uh, we do. Like if it's going to be a hurricane, if it's going to be category one or lower, there's consideration that we're staying here. Uh, if it's, it looks like it could be a bit higher, a one and higher, then that's when we start considering the leave. And depending on where the eye's going to be, but you don't want to be stuck. I, you, you don't want to be stuck on an island with this thin road going north, and if it starts jutting our way. But there's all these things. Matter of fact. As I'm talking to you, I just realized I have to go out and get propane. I did gas up the car. You always have enough gas. You always I'm, I don't let the gas run low. This way, I only have to get like two or three gallons if we're leaving. And uh, we, we, I want the propane in case. And that have to, uh, you know, so if we lose electricity, we'll be able to... You know, at least cook. Be able to boil water and do things like that. The wife wants me to go out. I get I just remember that the wife also wants me to get a couple cases of water. But uh we got two 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 cases right now. Two cases are about three days worth. Even more, four days worth of water for for a family of three. So I'm probably getting another case of that. Uh maybe A couple cans of tuna. For my liking, maybe a can of corned beef hash. A little Spam. Spam is something I just keep. It's not something I eat normally, but I imagine it's quite delicious when you don't have any food. (laughs) Like almost anything. I guess your neighbor would be quite delicious once you haven't had food for a while. But these are the things we do. It's like The hurricane, if I make a metaphor, if I may make a metaphor, this depression off of South America that's starting to form right now is like someone who's outside your house. I feel like an older person I am now and it's nighttime and there's someone outside your house. You're not exactly sure what they're doing, but you're suspicious And you're thinking, what is this person doing? You have no idea. You're just watching. Where are they going? Are they coming to my house? Are they going to the neighbors? Now, in the ideal world, even when it goes to the neighbors, you're going to say, well, this guy looks kind of suspicious. I better keep an eye on this one for my neighbor. But, you know, come to face it, when people, when someone isn't bothering someone, sometimes people have a tendency just to ignore it. Just ignore, you know, So, well, they're not coming to my house. Well, you never know. If they go to that house and they don't find what they want, they can come to your house next. Not the same as a hurricane. Normally, when it goes someplace, it starts dying. And that's what we're looking at. We're just saying, hey, where's this stranger going to go? We don't even know who this is yet. We don't know if it's a hurricane. They think it's going to be coming. hurricane. We're always assume the most, with the assume the worst with hurricanes. You don't say well, there's a really good uh, chance that it'll die down, there'll be wind shears, you know, this. They'll say, nope, it's going to get big, it's going to get destructive, and it's going to kill a lot of people. And I guess that's a healthy way to do it when you have, uh, maybe not good for your mental illness, but really good for preparation. And, and preparation was due. We're up in the upper keys. We're only, let's say, uh, we're at mile marker 102. The mainland starts at mile marker 126. So we got about, without traffic, let's say 35 minutes to the mainland and then we go wherever we're going to go. Now, the strategy of where you're going. So now you have we have the decision to either stay or not go. If we stay, We fill up a lot of vessels with water and this, that. Make sure we have uh, propane. Get some matches. We got some lighters. um, Make sure... uh, I don't even know if we have a radio. We should have a radio. Hmm. Gosh, we just have the car radio. That'd be interesting. We don't have... Do we have a radio? I I gotta look at that. I gotta buy a... Maybe I should buy a small radio. I used to have one of those crank radios. I don't know why. I'm doing a podcast right now and I got off on a little tangent. I'm looking around saying, oh, how about a radio? Do we have a radio? No. It's weird how with all the modern conveniences we have with the internet and stuff like that, you let go of the older technologies. Here I'm doing a podcast. If we go and do, if we do the, let me get this straight. If we if we stay in place and we lose power, we could still have our cell phones. We just have I guess we have a couple of batteries. I gotta I gotta I gotta look to see if I got any charger batteries and stuff. I do, I do have one of those. I just gotta go and find it, I guess. Make sure that sucker I got you know be able to charge up the cell because the cell towers stay up. And as long as the phone has power, and we would definitely, definitely be cognizant of our charging uh, capability. We got to think about uh, fresh water, cooking gas, and food. Now, leaving—that's a whole different dynamic. Then we got to think about emptying our fridge and throwing everything out. Currently. We we didn't manage really well. We got to eat everything in our fridge. We're not going to buy anything the next the next two days, the next two or three days. We're just going to eat what we got, and and do our best because if we have to evacuate, everything gets thrown in the trash. Everything except for dry goods. Obviously, we dry goods go in there, but yeah. And, and then we got to think about where you're going to go and that's where further tracking goes on in Irma we went to Lakeland Lakeland's high ground in center part of state in a nice hotel there there's other places I mean if it if it's uh, coming close to the keys staying close to South Florida it doesn't make any sense but there are places there's a different thing you know there's sometimes people say well I'll just go to the mainland there's structures there and I'll be on the mainland and we'll be able to weather it there, which I'm more akin to wanting to do that. The wife is thinking if it's going up the West coast, to go to Miami. I don't like that for one reason. Miami at the, at regular storms, uh, certain places in Miami just flood. And if your car is not parked on a second or third level, uh, Second level or above on a parking garage? I'm thinking maybe even third level. Depending on what... You you might you might be out of luck. I don't want to flood the car out. Usually down here, we're pretty good. I'm at 12 feet. But then again, if it's going to strike the keys, you don't want to leave your vehicle in an unprotected area. We're in a pretty protected area here. And you got to think about what you're going to take. You got to be... They're going to be there's going to be a big lineup at the DMV probably Monday today's the today and tomorrow if it's open tomorrow they got stickers you have to have a re-entry sticker if they evacuate cuz they, what happens after a hurricane you got looters that come in and what they do is they kind of shut down overseas highway to Outside traffic, anybody who's not a resident, because those people could be up to bad deeds. So we're looking at it and we're going to keep all this in play. But then people have to really relax about this stuff because it's with everything they got right now, they have hurricane hunters, these planes going in the center of a storm. And then we have satellite imagery to tell us exactly where it is. You have to consider it wasn't too long ago, about 70 years. 70 years ago, they did not have satellite imagery. There were satellites. They didn't start coming around. Um, they, you know, when they started launching satellites, in the, I guess it was in the early 50s, but they weren't all, they were just signal uh, they put out a signal and they would go. They put a satellite in the sky. But originally, the first satellites were communication satellites. They weren't ones that took pictures and sent them you know, global pictures of weather systems and things like that. And prior and but at least they had wireless signals. So if a, 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 a there were ships out at sea, they probably they could um, send you a radio message saying we're going in really rough, rough weather. It looks like the storm's right here. And I don't know if 70 years ago, I don't think they flew near hurricanes like they do now. They fly right into those suckers, but they fly high up. And the the idea of just guessing, you hear about when they track a a time diary of when hurricanes came in. And early meteorologists would be looking at the pressure dropping. And the further the pressure dropped, the worse the storm was. But they didn't get a big lead-up to that when the pressure started dropping. They didn't know it would drop. They didn't know how far it would drop. They didn't know what that means. It could be skirting, or you could be dead on. It could just be dropping, 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 and then, oh, you got the hurricane. That's the warning you had. You had a horn that says, like, these signs that we're getting from our barometers and all these wind gauges and things like that are that a hurricane's coming. We don't know it's going to be coming alongside of us or coming dead on. And they didn't know about the good side and bad sides of of hurricanes. But now we have those imagery. At least we get uh, several hours notice. And there are people that disregard those. They just say, well listen, I'm gonna I'm not gonna go any place. They they stayed here for Irma. And there was a very good possibility that, that that hurricane could have been as bad as the one that hit Mexico Beach in the Panhandle, which was I think several weeks or a year after it was Um, I think it was, it could have been Hurricane Michael, I'm not sure, I'm forgetting, I should know that name, but Mexico Beach got totally wiped out, there was only a couple houses standing. I mean, just imagine that, you walk out, Andrew, Andrew was uh, the 30 uh, year anniversary just passed, or 31 years, and the people in the Keys prior to that thought it was going to be a a dead strike on the keys, and what happened? It actually approached around the keys and went right to Homestead. So it came and it hit ground at Homestead and flattened Homestead. And this was prior to all the building codes being adjusted. And people said that looked like a war zone. It was everything was flattened, and if you go up to Homestead. Now you'll see almost everything is built after the 1990s, and they got really serious. They got really serious about the construction thing. Now, with that being said, we got a lot of new people down here too. A lot of construction on my street right now. There's currently three or four, three or four construction sites active. And this is a street of less than, right now, 12 houses. I think you get this right. 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 houses. A block of 14 houses and there's four sites, three of them in active construction. So in the past few years, with all the construction, because there is going to be a prohibition on new constructions in 2023, we'll see how long that is effect before people, uh, you know, get uh, legislation from the county to be able to build beyond beyond that. But. There has been an influx of new residents here. There have been an outflow. We lost people after Irma, and then we lost people after the real estate boom, and everyone decided to move or to sell their property. And then, you know, you had older people decide to go and uh, take their money and move someplace else. Because it really, wherever you were and the price of real estate went up, it happened here plus Plus more, and right now, one of my neighbors here—he sold his house. If he had held on another year, he would have ended up getting another hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, easy, maybe one hundred fifty thousand dollars. It wasn't that big a house, you know. Just one year to have your real estate appreciate, and it probably would have only been on the market for like a week. So the interesting thing about storms, it facilitates some of the properties being uh, the property prices dropping, and some buyers coming in looking for fire sale prices. And that's what you have. So you have this whole culture of things and to deal with during the season. And still do your regular life, do work, take care of your regular routine, feed the family, go to school, and then keeping your eye out to the thing to see if, oh well, if the thing comes close, if this hurricane comes close, we're gonna have to uh, come up with a plan. And uh, that that varies in our family too. I have my sister-in-law is most likely gonna stay with her husband, unless it's like a Category Three. I mean, Irma, we left Irma because it was threatening to be the category five when it hit. And uh, that is no place to be. A category four or five. I don't care what kind of house you have. You can make it. You can make it. And you can, you know, if you buy the generator and all that stuff. But if you have the resources... To build a house that's hurricane proof, why wouldn't you use those resources and just go someplace else and, you know, at least have a modicum of comforts left over and not have to sleep through that? I, I mentioned in previous podcasts, we stayed for a borderline Category 1. It was a tropical storm. It didn't make a, a Category 1, even though some people left. And it lasted ten hours. We have sustained winds of you know 80, 90, 100 miles an hour uh, and gusting somewhat. You, you, you think when you hear the things going around you that you're hearing, "Oh my gosh, that's a lot of lightning." And then you, you when you ponder it, you go, "That isn't lightning because I didn't see a flash." That is the cracking of trees. The trunks cracking and breaking. And when a tree breaks, it does pop and it sounds loud. And we had it where we had this big old hardwood tree um, in the back of our house. And we're just waiting for one of those big limbs to come down. It was hanging near, kind of near our bedroom. But I don't think it would have came through the roof and crushed us. At least we hope it didn't. And it didn't. And we ended up cutting that limb off and and paring it down. The tree's still there. Just some of the big limbs are gone. And that that's another sad thing after Irma when you came back. you There's never a time in the Keys. It's not like up north, there's never a time where all the trees lose all their foliage. They, but because of the high winds during Irma, everything was stripped off, all the trees that had leaves. Now the palm trees, now the, the palm trees are, I guess they're genetically involved, not to lose their fronds. The way they handle the winds, but what happens is they kind of get battered and they're kind of like droopy. It's like having droopy hair. It just hangs down the side. The palm fronds were down and then you had all these trees that were bare. And you just look and it's no green except some of the grass. And the grass is very green because of all the material that fell on it. And then the aftermath, when you come in there you clear the, the trees that fell over and the trees that are stripped of those leaves. Then you have all The items people have to get rid of, furniture, uh, appliances, all this stuff, building material that's wrecked, uh, parts of houses, and they just, we had these big conglomerations up and down the keys of central locations where they dumped our refuse, stuff to that were. And that was depressing because that was around for months and months and months. For a month or so, there was just along route one, they would pile up the uh, in the center medium and on the sides, things that needed to be picked up by these uh, special trucks that were the um, crane trucks that would pick up these put it on, and then they take it to a relocation center. The centers i'm talking about like some parks they use our parks there and they create these big debris fields and you see a huge like 50 foot high debris field of appliances and building material and uh, after the the month two months of seeing it outside the road and then you see it there for months until they relocate that off onto the mainland wherever they took it But it's a very kind of depressing view when you see this down here just driving around after that. And you know you got to rebuild, but it's kind of exciting too because we had a lot of different people in here. We had a lot of uh, interesting people, let's say, after a hurricane. You got the cleanup crew, the people that come in for these companies that come in and do Uh, water, uh, distressed properties. They come in and clean up that and they go and clean them out and they clear the trees and do the rebuilding and you'd have all these roofers come in. Tons of roofers. They had to pass a law down here to get, to make it tough for people without contracting licenses to come down here. Now you can get arrested if you start doing things like that. And the first week after coming back, there's, You see all these aluminum, uh, there's aluminum side and aluminum gutters and everything, and people would put them in separate piles. Of course, you get scrappers that come down here and remove that because that's worth some money. So, we do this dance every year. And the one that's leading in the dance is the hurricane, and we're kind of like the submissive partner. Dance around. Where are we going to go? We're going this way. We're going that way. What kind of move? Are they going to spin us? Or are we going to get dipped? And I'd like to call it a dance. Because in a dance, if you dance correctly, you don't get hurt. If you don't dance well, then you fall on your face. It's like a very vigorous dance. So hoping everyone's going to be well down here. I'll give you an update. We'll do an, another update. I'll do a short show tomorrow about that. And we'll see how things are working out for us. Here's something for all the local listeners and our listeners uh, and those affected by tropical storms like Puerto Rico and things like that. Uh, we hope we wish you well. You know, Puerto Rico didn't get hit like it did by Maria. I think it was Maria. Uh, which was right after Irma also. But they uh, kind of, hopefully that they get your your grid back up and uh, you didn't get too affected by the flooding. Uh, we don't want that to be us. Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye.